other thing that you would think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and with me once again, Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. It's uh, It's been a couple of weeks. We're still kind of in our summer vibes here. This is, this is our last real kind of proper summer show, but... Kevin, I don't know about you, but it's it's been pretty warm out here in Illinois this summer. We've we've had this heat <laughs> dome sitting on top of us. We were you know over a hundred for a few weeks, but but this so you sent it here for the past week. But th- but this week, yeah, it finally broke, and we okay. got down into the seventies, <laughs> and we got and we got down into the sixties, and then oh, last good night for you. Then last night, Kevin, I went to the UFC. Or I went to the, the movie theaters to watch the UFC fights. Yeah. And I come out of the movie theaters. I'm wearing my Brian Dawkins jersey because it's the night before the season starts. Sure. And I come outside and there's a chill in the air. Okay. Good for and, and there's a good chill for in you. the air. Right. We're in the mid 50s. Good, good for you then. And speaking of cold weather, Morgan Frost. Oh, so we're getting frosty is what you're trying to We're say. getting frosty here because because Morgan Frost will remain a Philadelphia Flyer for two more years. Not, Kevin, not yeah. literally in Philadelphia because this past week in Philly, it was in the 90s all week. So don't you, so so we didn't get any of that. But there was, yes, there was a chill in the air the day that they decided to announce that Morgan right. Frost had, had resigned, sure. And we got him. So two more years, yeah. 2.1 per year. It's a $4.2 million total over the two years. Mm-hmm. What do we think? It's kind of kind of about what we talked about, right? It, yeah, this is my this is my shocked face. Yeah, right. like like we it's exactly what we talked about kind of back when the Noah Cates signing happened. It was Noah Cates, Cam York. They all kind of got this, and and I, I forget about the money for a second with it. They all got the two year term. It was very you know just such a congruent way of doing things. We're just gonna go you know. Keep it symmetrical and keep it right down the middle in terms of we, they know what their window is right now and not a window in terms of contending, yep. but they know what the early rebuild window is and they kind of know, take the next two seasons well, and learn more about people. And you know what this is? This is a two year audition for do you want to play with Matt Vemichkov? Well, it is for everybody. No, And somebody's got to play with them. Sure. Now, this is also now in fairness, this is. You know, it, it's different for every player who got a two-year deal, if you will, because first of all, they were giving, you know, it was one and two-year deals for the free agents, which obviously is more of a placeholder for later than it is about being part of the future. But with the with all these other guys who got that one or two-year deal that were RFAs, you know, and you can lump in the other guys too. You can lump in Ronnie Adderd and Ula Lixel to that, like that you can throw them in as well because everybody who's kind of in that realm of the RFA period, they're all getting tryout periods basically i mean the only guy who i don't yeah. feel comfortable saying that about really is noah cates who i think is kind of firmly part of the future He's but probably but he, part of but the he got a bridge plans, deal because yeah. they don't want to commit it's really it's, it's just a challenge right now to commit much of anything in terms of years to anybody until you know a little bit more it's you know cates just played his rookie year do you want to go down that road and say here's five years right now or do you want to Give him two more years, see how he grows, and then say, you know, and then say what? Seven years, eight years, you know, like is that yep. where you want to go with it? Like that's what you're trying to figure out. So I think that at least to start with, that's what was good about it. Like that, and that's why I figured this was what was going to happen for Morgan Frost too, because in fairness, and yes, he had a great second half of the year. He was one of their top point producers, and by the end of the like by the end of the year, he was one of their top four in in on the season. But he was also, you know. 
I think he was the leading even strength point getter in like the last in the second half of the season after Kevin Hayes stopped showing up after the all-star break yeah pretty much but like like if you remember like prior to that like going into January I want to say or around January February ish or like around the all-star break when that always happens right he had had a pretty lackluster season well he had had he had a certain like he had a point total whatever he was at and he had like eight points against the Arizona Coyotes and like (laughs) right seven against everybody else and then all of a sudden second half of the year it was look he's 28 point it was something like 28 points in 41 uh, games or something like that right and he ends up with you know like 19 goals 27 assists 46 46 sure. points on the season and yeah towards that back half of the season he was pretty close to point per game like he wasn't quite there but he was he was in the ballpark for a one of player. the yeah and one of the moments that kind of stands out with him a little bit like in that second half of the year, they played a game, and I'm looking for the exact date because I remember what game it was. I was there. I saw it. They played against the Montreal Canadiens at the end of March. It was March 28th, and they won the game 3-2. to two. And Frost scored the first goal of the game, 341 into the second period, that eventually was, that, that Montreal eventually tied the game up. And then with 215 left, he scored again in the third period. Yeah. And and it was a nice counter rush up the middle. He cuts back to the middle and he lets go a shot and scores the game winner. And you're a little and, bit of skill. Well, and in that moment though, and I know Montreal wasn't a great team last year either. Obviously, they picked two spots ahead of the Flyers in the draft. We get it. But in that moment, during that was the tail end of a seven game homestand. There was maybe ten games left in the season after that, and it was right smack in the middle of that period where he was being more productive. And it was one of those games where for a change, like you're looking for who stands out. And a lot of times when we were asking at the end of the year, who stood out, it was, it was Owen Tippett or it would be, you know, maybe it would be a Noah Cates kind of game or, or we even had games where we were coming in down the stretch there that we were sitting here saying, did you see what Tyson Forrester did? Because, you know, and he was the young, not the youngest guy per se, but like the least experienced guy on the team at that right. given moment. And it's, it is what it is. Or down the stretch when Travis Konechny came back, he was then taking over a game on occasion, you know, like, but it was always the same guys. And to see Frost to do it and like find his place a little bit, it's room for hope. I'm not it's like good to say. And 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 I'm not trying to look, there's a reason why he's only making two point one million dollars for the next two years as his cap hit. The right. reason he's not is signing a big fat eight right. nine, ten million dollar extension like some other players around the league. Right. And he's and that's why well, and that's why like for me, the peak when we when we talked about it when he was pretty much already essentially the only guy left that needed a contract, when we started to talk about it, I firmly held on it's probably gonna be two years. And my guess was it was going to be prop. I thought it was going to be maybe a little higher than the 2.1. Yeah, I kind of figured three, two, fi- two, five to three. Yeah, yeah. 2.5 to three was what I was thinking. And, but I would, but I wasn't going to go north of three because no. I, to me, I don't see, you know, just because he had one really good second half of the season is not going to be enough for me to go and spend a ton of money on him. And I don't think that the Flyers should have. And obviously they didn't. And, it, it, this is why it's a deal that works for both sides because it's a deal that works yeah. because the Flyers get him on a cap-friendly deal. It's not going to break the bank. It's not going to do anything yeah. that gets in the way of your cap in any way, shape, or form. But it's the player also saying, you know what? Fine. I, I didn't have a completely consistent year. I definitely finished strong. I didn't have the most consistent year again, and I'm ready to show that I can. So I'll sure. pl- I'll take a bet on myself at that price, and I'll show that I can be part of the future, and I'll show that I can be more consistent – just like with Cates, because when we talked about Cates getting the contract, we talked about what the next two years could look like and what would happen if the offense could pick up. We already know Cates is a good enough defensive forward. He, I mean, for, for goodness sake, he was garnering 
Selkie conversation at right. one point, and he's a rookie, and right. he's not going to put up 20 goals as a rookie because he wasn't even that player in college. But, like, you sit there and you start to wonder, okay, if he can at some point get there, then what kind like, I told you what I think the, like, the sky's the limit is for him, what his ceiling could be if he starts to put up more offensive numbers. He gets the 20 goal. He gets the 20 goals and gets somewhere between 60 and 70 points somehow. And this, again, this is Noah Cates I'm talking about. He gets between those numbers somewhere in that range. You're looking at the Sean Couturier contract. Absolutely. Like, that's what you're headed towards if he continues to improve to become that good of an offensive player in addition to the defensive side. And if he doesn't, he won't be. But sure, of course. But with but with Frost, you're looking for the same kind of like if that's the jump I'm looking for to feel really confident in that player with Cates, then you're looking for a jump. What's well, the jump for what's the jump for Frost? Well, the first thing that, that the jump would be is if actually crossed the 20 goal mark this time, like, sure. and he got close enough. I'm not trying to downplay 19, 19 is very course. close and you're right there. And we, cause we would have said the same thing about Joel Faraby when he was stuck on 18 going into the final game of the season, a few years back, we would have said the same thing. It's just, now you got to cross that 20 goal mark, maybe shoot for 25 because you got to remember that was the type of player frost was coming up. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying he he's going to be, scorer. well, I'm not going to say he's going to be the greatest goal scorer Cause he wasn't even in juniors like that. He put up a lot of points through assists. Yeah. But get to that tw- get to twenty five, realistically somewhere in the next two years, and from forty six, is it safe to look at next year and say nine more points is unrealistic? Get to fifty five, no. and then and then and the year after when it's your contract year, shoot higher, sixty well, to sixty five. Keep shooting for another ten maybe, and see if you can't get into that actual, you know, kind yeah. of get into that tier of truthfully being a second line level kind of player. Well, right, and that's what I was going to say is that you do you do also have to think about the fact that there are going to be opportunities on this team this year to reach out and grab it. Like you're going to have opportunities to play big minutes, to play power play time, to probably play maybe not Morgan Frost specifically, but lots of guys are going to see penalty kill time. Who might? Well, they tried him last year, so I wouldn't be shocked. No, I know, and and maybe he does, but regardless, that's that's what I'm saying is he may get an opportunity, and if you can reach mm-hmm. out and take it, you can get that number in two years mm-hmm. to a point where it makes the Flyers uncomfortable. Like, sure. If, <laughs> if, if I told you now that in two years they're going to sign Morgan Frost six years by – seven and a half million you're probably a little uncomfortable with that right now yeah you need to see a lot before you get there because he hasn't shown that that's what he can be but he can very easily very easily he certainly has the potential to do that over the next two years and turn himself into the type of player where you go yeah that's the type of deal he should be signing or maybe even more than that you never know he he was yeah. or not at all pick. Right. like yeah or not at all you're right absolutely. like it, it, it goes every direction and i i think another important caveat with that is that this year in particular is very important because after this year the noise is going to get louder even though he's got one more year left the noise is going to get louder the second that cutter gotier shows up yes. the second that somebody you know anybody else it could be anybody else i mean Let's put it this way. Elliot Dainoye was a good goal scorer in the queue, right? No. He shows up and he starts putting up points. Or if Tyson Forrester comes in and suddenly is outscoring goal-wise, outscoring Morgan Frost, they're going to get time. Not only are they going to get time, but they're going to get the attention. And this is really important for Frost before these some of these other highly touted prospects get in here. And before, like, you know going into the year, you're not competing with Cutter Gauthier yet. You know, you're not yet. So this you're already going to fall into a – 
the kind of a window of anywhere really between top line and third line. You could be any of the three, you know, any of them on any given night, depending on how John Tortorella is feeling, as we know. <laughs> of course. Um, you may get you, healthy scratched. Well, they didn't do that with Frost as much. Honestly, they played him. It, it wasn't a matter of whether or not he was going to play. It was always more of with him just what level of consistency was he at to be able to actually get that level of playing time. There were times where they would bump him down. He wouldn't see a whole lot of playing time. And that's, that's how John Tortorella operates. So if that's how we're going to go with that and, and, you know, actually factor him in, you know, and, and worry about where he's going to be. Like he can, he controls a lot of that himself too, in terms of if he's playing well, then they'll give him every opportunity, but it's especially important right now before, you know, because, because you get the sense that cutter Gauthier, the way that his, his, development has gone and the trajectory of his development has gone that he's going to show. Well, first of all, if he shows up at the end of a college season and somehow is able to play this year with the flyers, then they're going to give him minutes sure. just, just for showing up just right away. Get him ice time. Well, yep. because you're, you're going to do it the way you did it with Forrester. You're going to, you're yep. going to give him a shot right off the bat and see, let's see how he lives up to it. And then if it's not working, then you'll start to, you know, put other guys first and, and work your way through. But if not, you know, that's one thing that comes into play. If, no, and, and and if now if not, because there's always a chance that we've talked about this already that Gautier's on a really good college team. There's always the chance he's still playing after the Flyers are, or or roughly around the same time that it's not worth it to have him come over and start playing. He may go, you know, maybe you'd be able to put him on the Phantoms for a little, you know, because their season might still be going at that point. You never know, but to do like, not even to say to do that. It's just to get him on board in this way and to. Wait for him to come up. If he doesn't come up at all this year, then Frost could get some really valuable minutes throughout the course of the year, he and that's what's could. and that's what's important here. Is if, if this is gonna if these two years are going to really be make or break for Frost, like for, and for a change. And you can correct me if I'm wrong because I, I think like I, I'll check and see if I can get the more of the contract details pulled up. But he didn't sign. Like I haven't pulled up previously. I don't think he had signed for more than a year in previous years. Like it was kind of a yearly thing for a while. Uh, Frost? Yeah. I'm, I, I, uh, I yeah, so his, his ELC slid twice and then had his three years, and then he signed a one-year extension, and that was the deal he that just expired. So that was last year. Okay. Yeah, but that's only what I'm signed like, one, like, one of them. Like, for yeah. a change, instead of it being one year and this is it, you get one year and you're, you know, and he, look, he had RFA status. Two years. So I get it. You can, now you get two. So they've, they've committed the next two years to you. They've committed right. the next two years for you to – Really, and, you're, you know, and he's still an RFA at the end of that, so they do still retain RFA rights on him. Sure, as well. Like that is yeah. not nothing. Sure, and and that's well, and that's the thing, right? Like the hope is certain. Like the hope to me is, and, and it's going to sound crazy to say, but kind of the hope is again, it's like with Sean Couturier, what we were talking about in terms of where he would slot in. Your goal eventually is that Couturier is not at the top of the list. Of centerman, and I think the same is well. The only difference with Frost that I'll say is he doesn't have to be a center. And I, I did also just want to mention that I'm still nervous about John Couturier just because until oh sure no and you have every right otherwise. to be well you, uh, you have same, right, same with right Cam to be. Atkinson sure because uh, I, mean, I don't trust guys who missed an entire yeah. year and you've got to factor that in. You can't just yeah. gloss over the fact that two guys on the team missed an entire season. An entire you can't entire season. You can't just yep. ignore that. And in Couturier's case, close to two. I know. Like, let's be real about this for a minute. Yep. Like, that—that's just the way that it goes. I mean, 
look, I'm I'm interested in some of what I'm interested in more than those two is some of the other guys who maybe were dealing with something at the end or dealing with something all year for that matter, like what Joel Farabee was dealing with. Like now I want to see what happens after you get the summer to heal that's, and be that's ready and train. And and that's even one of like, the guys I'm excited for. You know, even sure. Travis Konechny to an extent, because Konechny was battling stuff throughout the course of the year. He missed some time right toward the end of the year. We almost thought he wasn't going to come back. Right. Um, and then he did, and he still got to 30 goals on the year, which is good for him. Um, Absolutely. You know, and, and and then the ongoing saga that is, you know, the health of Wade Allison and Tanner Lazinski too. It's like those guys factor in too. The one, the one thing you can say about Frost to an extent, and I say to an extent because obviously he had the one year that he missed the entire year also. And right. that, that was, you know, it kind of was a fluky thing because he just had one of those really bad injuries in a, in a shortened year, no less. Right. That like really limited the amount of time you had to get back. Pretty tough. Um, but he doesn't really miss time otherwise. Like he no. played last year and played the year as you know, and it was never a question about health. Yeah, no, I'm I'm he's not a guy that I'm concerned about being injury prone as of this point in his career. Right. Like last year he played in eighty one games. And I right. I believe that the reason he missed one had nothing to do with injury. I think that right, was, that was a, a healthy scratch, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, which, which again, that was John Tortorella doing what he does to prospects. Simple as that. So, or younger guys anyway, like, which right. is the tough love approach sometimes. I mean, he treated Tippett that way too at different points. Maybe not to the point of scratching, but he well, treated Tippett that way. And to be fair, not even just with John Tortorella, but across the league, we have seen some success in rookies or young guys getting a chance to see the game from a different angle, to watch the game from the box, to mm-hmm. sit with you know, some staff and talk about what's happening on the ice and get a little bit of a different understanding for what's going on. Sure. And if Morgan Frost takes a seat once in a while to do that, while while you're bad, right? Like while the team is nowhere near the playoffs, while you're not, you know, actively attempting to accumulate points and go win the cup. Yeah. Absolutely. Develop. Develop. When is the last time the Philadelphia Flyers developed anyone who turned out to be a great hockey player? I mean, with it, it you, you, you understand the point I'm saying, right? You're talking outside about, yeah. of the last two years. Well, and you're talking. been a no, but you're, ta- you're talking about you're talking about to a level of greatness. I would I would say Sean Couturier. That okay, that is well, fair. No, but Sean they didn't even need well, to develop him. They he just put him in the lineup and it worked. Well, if, I get that, but what I'm saying is, is that Sean Couturier at least took a step to then get onto a level where, yes, like he won a major award to turn into a thirty in goal league. scorer, right? Uh, no, but he, and he won a major award. That's what I'm getting at. Like he reached a level around the league where he was the top guy at that specific role, right? For a year, sure. even if it was just for one year, he was in the conversation multiple other times. Oh, too, he, by the yeah, way. absolutely. So let's just factor that in. Also, I'm like, I get what you're talking about. You're talking about. From you're talking about perennial the development, all- the development status of the Philadelphia Flyers. No, but you're talking about perennial all star getting, you know, up to which I guess in that sense, the next closest guy would be Claude Giroux, would it not? Yep, it would be. Yeah. Like, that's that's and, probably like in terms of long term and lasting success. Like, they've had guys what? who have I'll, had moments. I'll hit you with a little bit of a hot take here. Okay. I think. The Philadelphia Flyers stunted Claude Giroux's growth for a decent portion of the the, the younger part of his NHL career. In we, terms they, of they, what? The fact that they spent his, what was it, 24, 25, and 26 seasons just being terrible uh, after the cup run. 
Oh, you're oh, hold on a minute. So you wait, wait, which ones? Wait, hold on. Well, I just mean uh, Four, th- what, 14, 15, 16, you mean? Uh no, like uh 12, 13, 14. Oh, 12. Well, 12, they were still really good. That was the year that that that's, was one of the years he was really up there because that was the year with Yager and things like that. And that's I actually think that's fair. I that's think fair. that helped, but you know what? You know where you're making the timeline start. You're making the timeline start when he didn't have anybody else like in front Correct. of him anymore, and they made him the captain. And it was they pushed him too soon. Maybe I mean a look, little, a little bit too without without quite enough supporting the staff. Like well, I, and, and I, I love be, I love Scotty Hartnell, but he shouldn't mm-hmm. have been should not have been playing the top line. Let's and I don't want to I don't want to gloss over some of the other success stories if you will i know what you're talking about you're talking about in terms of and 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 i think the key especially when you're talking about it in the context of morgan frost is frost was a first round pick so who's the last first round pick that didn't come out and be like you know oh this guy's gonna be at best a second liner you're looking for the guy who falls at like like you want you want the cutter gotier you want the matt mishkov that's what you're looking for and they've gotten a couple of those now but for years they didn't i like like in, in, and that's in, the point I was making. Like, like right. here's the because here's like the, here's the exact point. Okay, is Scott Hartnell or Scott Hartnell, Scott Lawton, a uh, success story? Like he, like yes by, and no. Is by NHL, sure. like by NHL standards, he is a success story because right. he's got a long career. He's played he's played many games. He's and, played a and long. He's career. been a supremely valuable player every step of the way, and I do not mean to and diminish you did develop, that. And, for a and in fairness, time. it's a developmental success to a degree because you developed him into a role that he does suit very well, and he plays well. But it's not the role that you're talking about. Exactly. That's he's not a superstar. Because because the next closest name that I kind of come up with that I feel a little and and there's a there's an element. And this kind of ties into another topic we're going to briefly touch on because I don't want to talk too much about it. But there's an element of this player's, this particular player I want to mention, his development that they don't have control over, but it still helps in the long run. For a little while, Oscar Lindblom was looking like that player. For a little while. And obviously, we know the reason why it probably will never come to complete fruition. And it's a shame. Yeah. It's it it's, because 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 that's that's the ultimate out of your control circumstance. It's a big old what if, and, and, sure. and it's the ultimate out of your control circumstance. You know, it, I'm it, so know. bummed. I'm so bummed. You know about but, that. <laughs> but still, for for a while, you looked and you're like, this is he's this the is guy. Like, but but you're looking like this is the guy, the international guy, no less. Who right? Who okay? Th- this is the guy who shows up out of nowhere for a bunch of teams that the Flyers play against. You know, throughout the course of a season. Yep. And that shows up and all of a sudden, like, oh, because he played over here, he's great, you know, because he played at a pro level for, for plenty of years yep. beforehand. So he comes over, and even though he's a rookie. He came over with just a boatload of experience. Yeah. So even though he's 23 or 24, even though he's a rookie, he's not really, like, like it's it's a, it was a little bit like Artemi Panarin a little bit. It was like closer you, to the KHL rookies, yeah. Right. It was Absolutely. close. I mean, and you're playing in, again, you're playing in one of the top European leagues. You're playing in the, yeah. Swed- in the Swedish league like you And was. the competition level isn't quite the same, but it's, you know, it's up 80% there. It's of the way there, 90% yeah. of the way there. It's, it's still up know. there for, it's up there for European hockey and, standards. And there, are for sure. former, and there are former NHLers floating around all sure. of those leagues. So, so that, but, but I get your point. Like, I get your point, especially when it comes to, and I think that the other key with, like, one of the other keys with Frost is his development and the idea of growing him into more than just being a role player and maybe being a significant piece of this is also part of a timeline at this point, especially around forwards where you have a bunch of non-success stories, you know, because, because he's the first round pick that sandwiched between Nolan Patrick and Yerman Rubsov, you know, like 
we all know how those two turned out. So, <laughs> so like yep. you start, you start to look at Frost and, and kind of think the same way, even if he's been better than both of them, because of the fact that it's just, you know, it's not the high level. And, and, and there was a lot of excitement because of what he was able to do. You know, it, he it, was flashy. Right. Well, well it, and, and people watched his junior year, especially his and, draft plus one year. And oh boy, did you see what he did in his draft plus one year? Those numbers and, were phenomenal. And, and he was another guy that was perceived to have slipped a little bit. Like at most draft mm-hmm. projections didn't have him falling to the flyers at 27 or trading up to 27. Um, and, it's it's one of those things where the guy's a first round pick, the expectations are high. He hasn't quite lived up to maybe not that yet, right? But if but if you think about it, we are also talking about the end of the first round, right? And that does yeah. soften your expectations a little bit, right? Well, it's right, not Nolan it, it, Patrick where he goes two overall. It's back to the it's back to the uh, Scott Lawton conversation again. Exactly. Scott Lawton went in that range, and you're like, you know, you're not you're not shooting too high. You I know. I would call Scott Lawton a moderate success. Sure. Uh, so far, Morgan Frost is projecting towards a, a about the same. Sure. Oh, it's because it takes a lot to get to that level. Like you got to yeah. do you. You got some stuff to do before and, you get to and that it level. Certainly takes a lot to ele- certainly takes a lot to elevate beyond that level. If yeah. that is if that is your goal, right? If you sure. if you'd like to become a forty goal scorer, if you'd like to be one of the top twenty five highest paid players in the NHL, you know, one of these. If you want to be a superstar in the NHL, you're going to have to go out there and prove it. You're going sure. to have to take these opportunities. You're going to have to do all the off-season work. And I, like you said, Morgan Frost played 81 games this year. As far as I'm concerned, the injury is behind him. He looked better in the second half of the year, which mm-hmm. after a guy misses most of a year, I'm not surprised that it took him 30 or 40 games to kind of get his legs under him a little bit. Right. At his and, age, right? Sure. He's still catching up to the NHL speed. It, it's and, a lot of, and it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot of things. Cause that wasn't, that wasn't just the year, like that had been po- like two years post the injury at this point. Cause he oh, played right. 50, 55 the year before, but, but you, you get the point with how that year went too, because that year was just all over Oof. the place too. It was a mess. And yeah. So like, it's 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 challenging for a player sometimes to really stay level-headed within the whole process and 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 again one of the other things uh, about this especially as we start to approach a new season is, is that we talked about this going into last season that there was just something that didn't I want to say it didn't feel right but like the energy levels were all off like off the charts in the negative direction there was there was no buzz there was no hype around any anything and and for good reason yep but there's an element of that that does rub off on the room to an extent. Like, sure. you're not going to tell me that like there's that it's impossible for these guys to not find out the way that people feel about something. Like, right? Well, and it's and all the, it's 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 everywhere. So, and I think there will be at least in terms of the locker room attitude this year. I think there was definitely some uh, addition by subtraction in the off season. Mm-hmm. And we all know who I'm talking about. There's a center in St. Louis and a defenseman in Carolina. And they're the two most obvious and a defenseman in Columbus now. Yeah, but to, to, to an a extent. lesser extent, but to, to a lesser to an, extent, I think. Yes. Yeah. Um, just in terms of vocalism. Sure. But still um, to an extent. Nonetheless. Of course. I mean, it's, of course. It's, he's it's, a veteran. He's a veteran leader. Top, he was a top pair defenseman. Well, and um, you're you're using the other two, by the way, because of, the, again, vocal presence, all that type of stuff right. and all of that. 
it still doesn't change the fact that like because what did everybody know about Ivan Provorov too? He, uh, the guy doesn't miss a game, man. So no, so now you take you, you, that's a presence that's leaving the room also, and it you know it, that that's going to have an impact in. in a variety of ways because there's yeah. you know it is what it is like and and there is a bit of a possibility um without the claude Giroux anymore and even the wayne simmons going back a little further sure there is a possibility that there's a little bit of a um a a, a, a loud mouth vacuum right there may not be a guy who is the big loud boisterous one in the locker room and if that is the case, there's a chance that the personality of John Tortorella takes over. And I know that's something that kind of scares everybody because you like you like John Tortorella. You're okay with him leading your team. You don't want him to be your team necessarily. Um, so I, I do worry a little tiny bit about that uh, because even the guys coming back, right? Like Sean Couturier... We never really heard that he was the most vocal guy. Same, you know, Cam Atkinson maybe a little more so, but generally mm-hmm. pretty quiet and reserved. Um, who and you're around the team a little more than I am. Are, yeah. are there any? Are there any huge personalities that I'm missing out on here? Travis Konechny. I was say I just have the forwards up first. I'm like I'm okay. scrolling through obviously. Say, Travis Konechny, Joel Faraby. Joel Joel Farabee's a good chirper. Don't get me wrong, but. He like what I'm talking about when you're in the room after the fact. I feel like he's one thirty goal season away from just having the most <laughs> confidence on planet Earth. I mean, he could be. I don't know. I mean, he's. Does that he's make sense? Of, he, yeah, it does a little bit. I mean, I also find him to be. He's got a little least, bit of that Boston twinkle in his eye where he's ready to just fire at anybody who gives him all. Yeah, but time. that's as much as he as much as he was there for college for a little. He that's not in his blood. He's from upstate New York. You know what I mean. I know. You know um, I mean. He, but he's he's one of these guys who does actually fall into the category. Like, and and obviously there's a handful of got new guys that I have not been around as much. By the way, that I have to, or like, or at all for that matter. Like, how much can you learn from a Zoom call? Of course, right. You know, seriously. Um, that I'll find out more about later. Like, like I I can't get I can't give you a read on Garnet Hathaway yet. He might be one okay. of the more vocal guys. He might you not know, be. I can't give fair. you a read yet. I can't. Yep. Well, but I'm looking at the rest of the guys that kind of go away from that and. Like I'm sitting here looking, I'm going. Owen Tippett is like the most soft-spoken person I think I've ever seen. Scott and, Lawton. Uh, Lawton's. Lawton's he's, I feel like he's intense, but he's not. Yeah, because he's got an intimidating. He's not the guy face. that. <laughs> right, he's not the guy that makes everybody laugh. Although, listen, can I? Okay, I'm going to tell a Scott Lawton story, okay. and I might have told it on the show before. Just tell it again, because it's probably been a minute. So. So. The greatest event on the Philadelphia Flyers calendar, and we all know this, <laughs> is the Flyers Wives Fight for Lives Carnival. Sure. Great cause. Donate. Go. Support just came it. Back la- just came back last year after a bit Incredible. of a pause, by the way, because they stopped it for a while over COVID. So Great. It's, it's a phenomenal organization, and we, we, love, we love the carnival. Um, I was there a couple of years ago with my girlfriend at the time, now wife, and <laughs> we did... We did the games because we we figured out that the games are the best value because you get to play a game with them and like chit chat a little bit and most of them will still take a picture or sign something, so it's a good value. That's so fair. we played a game and we waited in line to play a game and there was a kid in front of us probably seven or eight and they get up they play the game and it's Scott Lawton playing the game with them and I don't even remember what it was it was big washers or something like that. Okay. 
and <laughs> whatever. And Scott, the kid goes, oh, Scott, will you sign my hat? And he takes his hat off and hands it to him with the marker. And Scott looks, Scott Lawton looks at it, points at it and goes, I already signed it. Uh. The kid had handed him a hat that he had already signed and asked him to sign it again. Oh my goodness. And the kid turned beet red and went, okay. And Scott goes, do you want me to sign it again? He's like, no, it's okay. And he grabs it and runs away. And Scott looked, he felt terrible. (laughs) And he felt awful. And I'm sure he doesn't even remember it. But I I was standing right behind this kid. And my wife and I still laugh about it to this day. I can it tell you, I can tell you, I have thing. never heard that story before. So I don't think you've told that on okay. the show before. Oh, well, that is really, great. That is really funny. Um, that is really funny. I thought you were going to tell me that you got up there and played a game, and he said something funny to you, or something like that, or just had this look, like like all the, or I thought the way the way that story started to line up was he's playing a seven year old kid, and and it's just fun and whatever. But then like when, like if you get up there. Then all and of a he sudden goes he, hard. Yeah, right. Then he goes hard and he's super competitive and he's got this look on his face like, I'm going to beat you. you know? I, no, they were all pretty chill. No, no, no. About I know. Like, they were all really. And I know really how the carnival great. functions. So I know that they're pretty chill with that type of stuff. But, yeah. but, but, but so anyway, so I'm saying Tippett's pretty soft spoken. Frost is pretty soft spoken. I think in interviews anyway, I think Farabee's pretty soft spoken, all things. Yeah. I mean, even Konechny is to an extent. Konechny can get, I'm trying to think of the right word. Rowdy. No, not uh, rowdy. Rambunctious. Not, no, like because <laughs> I'm trying to think of it in terms of from an interview perspective. Because he's not okay. doing anything bad. Like it's okay. not like he's giving off a bad persona or anything like that. But but he'll answer questions to an extent where it's 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 really hard to explain. Kind of like he th- th- this way of he's like trolling. knowing almost a way of knowing i can like that like i can provide a better answer to the question like and and, and word it in such a way where it doesn't compl- like i'm not going like it's got a little bit of cockiness to it but it's not going to come across that way like he has so a he, great, he's trolling a little bit but he's no he's just got a great way of towing the line where it's like he doesn't go over in terms of sounding like that level of player where it's a smart like a smart ass answer all the time but you can tell there's like just you can tell that the competitive fire is still burning as he gives the answer because that like I don't even want to sit like like I didn't even want to say it like in in any other way than that like it's just right. he's still feeling the the competitiveness of the game yet he's towing the line to give you still a good quality answer that isn't insulting your question and it, at the same time is not you know oh boy I just saw the text message come through, so I'm laughing. Listen, but, I just th- I'm just thinking about that carnival. I do have one other quick story from no, that carnival but, when you're done your you point get, here. Yeah, but you get you get the point with connecting. Like even he doesn't come. Like he has a way of not coming across like as the loud mouth guy in the locker room, like that right. rowdy guy. Yet the competitive fire is still there, so he kind of could be like he's like, passionate. Again, I, but I just did that with like think about this. I just did this exercise with connecting's like that. Farabee's like that. Lawton, when speaking, now to, this is in the media too, so maybe it's a completely different story. I don't want to judge. Certainly, speaking to the media is not the same as speaking to your teammates. Um, but Lawton doesn't speak that way typically either. Noah Cates, definitely not. Like, no. Noah Cates is not that kind of guy. It's Frost a bit is of a, not tip. It's a bit it's of a sheepish I mean, team, personality wise. Yeah. Do you know the first name that pops out that I say, oh, yeah, that's a guy who might be that way? Nick, no, yep. okay. Nick Deloria. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, because you know what it is too? It, 
that honestly, it's the personality of guys who are willing to kind of stand their ground on the ice too. That they I feel, that yeah, you you feel it when you're standing right next to them, even when you're just asking questions, and they're totally cool, but you still Nick, feel the intimidating factor that they possess. And the thing about Nick Deloria is he feels like the kind of guy who will grab the aux cord in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that and that's 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 a good thing. Um, by oh, the way, just, that uh, before we go on to the thing, by the way. I just went to the defenseman list, and I think I found your guy. Okay. Bristo. Fair. Bristo, if you've I – don't, I don't know how often you get to hear some of the clips after games. Oh, or whatever, but, yeah. But, but okay, what, what did I just say about Travis Konechny? You, no, you want to talk about smart-ass answers sometimes in a completely comedic way. Like, Risto's got some really good comedic timing with his oh, answers yeah. sometimes. He's, like, he's, he's witty. He's one of the – yeah, he's one of the – it's funny because it's a very dry comedy. Like it's not meant to like he, he does it like as if he's not trying to do it or that he doesn't know in a way, but he knows completely like we know he knows. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like he doesn't seem like like, again, he doesn't seem like this rowdy guy or this big rah-rah guy, but he does seem like the type of guy who can say something and get your attention quickly. That's and, fair. and he also carries that intimidation factor he's i mean he's one of the taller yeah. guys on the team can he, lay some hits dude i mean dude's pretty muscular obviously you and yeah, i'm sure you yeah. know that without having to be up close to him Correct. i have i have obviously and yes he does carry that intimidation factor no question i mean look the reason why delorier carries that intimidation factor is not just because he fights people obviously on the ice but like you ever like this and this is going years back to when i first started covering the team and to, to be fair by the way as we come up on the start of this thing this is gonna be year 10 for me so i've got a wow. lot of i got a lot of memories feelings and about that well, no, but mem- memories and things i remember kind of that like things that you remember when like it's in year one of doing this or year two of this and you're kind of getting that first taste of this that many, you're awestruck by like how I many who it was how I many seasons have you had like full like gone to every game um probably since 1920 really okay. like okay. realistically that i could well, i mean it. and by that i mean you're um you're welcomed at every game like you're on the list for every um, game well, I don't mean actually physically attended every game. Like, well, were, you full I mean, t- I, were you full time pretty right away ten years ago? It, all right, the outlet was. I mean, the outlet was game, but like we got game by game credentials, and that was probably only because, in the same vein as everything else, it would be um, depending on how many people would go down and help out the outlet. Right. Like that, I learned pretty quickly. And this is one of the things I pursued with it after a while was that if I could commit more time to it and be down there almost every single game then it would probably lead to more like we didn't have complete access when it's three people showing up and splitting it 15 each or you know what i mean like roughly right like 15 home games each it's not going to do the same thing for you that being said like yeah so it's really like in terms of complete total everything this will be season number four out of those and, cool. and that also and that also picked up when I started doing everything for ninety seven three also so like when that's and that'll be seven years so it like that helps yeah so it kind of continued along there that was way a couple too. little steps along the way sure and but. and 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 that works that just it works its course and you you figure that but I remember going into the room after this was probably after a preseason game believe it or not so like you're kind of you're kind of getting a few players like you're interviewing players who are not. At the forefront of the team, especially, right. especially it's a in bit a of a year, weird environment, well, and, and consider, especially in a year when the team was still like 
on again, off again, make the playoffs. Kind of stuff. So they were trying to still be competitive, right. right? I believe it was Chris Stewart who okay. was doing the interview afterwards, and he got in a fight like during the game or whatever. I just remember seeing his knuckles after the, after a game or whatever, and he still got like two really big cuts on like right over the you know his first, like his index finger and his middle right. finger, like right over on his left hand, and like you're just looking and you're like. Damn, you know, like, that you know, like, well, not even that. It's just the life of being kind of, you know, being the tough the guy tough on guy. the team, you yep. know, like, uh, but and he like, might have to drop him next game, too. Right. But, yep. but, but you can, but you can, but you can imagine like Deloria is like that every now and then somebody else might be. I mean, you know, and, and I, I like the only reason that it even stood out to me is because of where, like I just happened to be in, in that particular media scrum standing on you know, on the side where his left hand was, I could see the top of it. He just had his hands to his side. I could see his knuckle there. I was just, you know, whatever. And another guy who was kind of like that when he was here, and this gets mm-hmm. me back to my carnival story, uh, okay. was Ra- was Radko Gudas. Oh, and he was, but so, he was a personality. He was a great personality. Well, too. of course. So we're at this carnival, and one of the activities that we attempted to go for was playing. Uh, giant Pong with Radko Gudas. And they line up trash cans and they put them in the Pong shape and then it's played with like a dodgeball or a soccer ball or whatever it is. And we get there and they come over and tell us he's a little late. And we go, okay, like, no problem. We're third or fourth in line. Like if he shows up at any point, we're going to get to play with him. Like we're, we're right there. Sure. So we're waiting, we're waiting. It's a, they're 50 minute slots. Mm-hmm. 25, 30 minutes go by. We start to get pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. They come over and they tell us that he's not coming. Okay. And we go, okay. Uh, we circle around. We start finding, trying to find something else to do, blah, blah, blah. We get in line for something else. I can't remember what it was. I believe it was a Sam Moran uh, signing. Okay. Because um, you know I love me some Sam Moran. Um, <laughs> hey, that's speaking of what's coming up later this week, by the way, that's that's developmental coach Sam Moran to you now. He he told me in that meet and greet that uh, nobody was willing to fight him at the NHL level and that he had tried because I asked him why he hadn't fought yet. <laughs> um, anyway. Because people so, saw his AHL fight highlights. <laughs> right. As we're in line for Sam Moran, I opened Twitter. Yes. First thing I see when I open Twitter, Radko Gudis has been suspended for oh. I think it was five or six games. Oh my goodness! It was the um, the chop on the head. Oh really? Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know exactly the one I'm talking about. Yep. And he had a hearing for it, and that so he, he missed didn't make that he... gap because he was on the phone with the Department of Player Safety. They couldn't put you know they seriously couldn't push that until the carnival was over. Uh, apparently not. Come on. <laughs> Listen, when the league wants to do their yeah, business, no, I, the oh, I got does you. Their business. That's that's, it. that's really interesting. So, so that was a, an eventful carnival for me. I, by um, the way, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the picture. By the way, you just that you sent over a little while ago. Because, but for context, by the way, it's a picture of it's a picture of from of, that same uh, carnival. You're with Scott Lawton and Travis Sanheim there, and I know you're tall. I get that, <laughs> but like you're you're above Travis Sanheim in this. Picture. Correct. Correct. Okay. I leaned oh. to the side a little bit so that he didn't feel bad. <laughs> now, I just want to, for for context's sake here for a second, because Travis Sanheim is 6'3". Yep. So, okay. 
Now, back when I was able to go and do this experience as a fan myself, obviously, which kind of character, like, yeah, listen, uh, when I wasn't doing full time games, then yeah, sure, we were all still kind of powwowing around down there too, you know, and you know, whatever. So this was probably it might have been my first year covering, honestly, it might have been like fourteen, honestly. Um, I had gone and did a pic, took a picture with I took a picture with Chemo Teamin. So now. There's nothing wrong. Like, obviously, Kimo Timonen is a great player to get a picture with. You know, yeah. nice, nice guy, all that stuff like that. Kimo Timonen is roughly, without skates, by the way, roughly my height, maybe. I, I'm being generous for myself, I guess, if I say that. Because, like, for God's sakes, I need to stand next to Danny Briere to feel good about myself. You know, <laughs> if, if I stand next to Danny Briere, I feel very good about yeah. myself. And then, yeah. I re- then I remember the part where he ended up having a very long NHL career, and I obviously don't. Yeah, we've you know, met I, a handful I sit in the press times. box. We've met a handful of times. You're not the tallest fella, Kev. <laughs> I didn't say I was. Listen, I, I knew I knew long enough, you know, long enough ago that I was never going to be. So, let's just, <laughs> you know, let's just be real about it here. OK, listen, I it was funny because I, I remember I forget when because I po- I've posted this a couple of times. It's on it's on like my social media. It's on my Facebook. I think somewhere I may have put it on Twitter at one point in time. Down the down the road. Oh, here we go. We got more pictures coming in. This is different. Great. Different carnival. Different carnival. Yeah, let me see here, dude. Looking, you're even ta- you're looking, even towering for over a height comparison. No, yeah, but you're even ta- you're even right there. Your eye level with Sam Moran. That's pretty damn yep. good, you know. And towering over Michael Raffle. <laughs> yeah, really. No kidding. Absolutely um, towering. Um, so I al- I also have a picture from that carnival with Stanley Cup champion Nicholas Obey Kubel. <laughs> now he's a shorter guy, so I'll take in, that one at least. And in that same picture is my wife and Stanley Cup runner-up Alex Lyon. Okay, Lyon's shorter for a for a goalie too. By the way, Lyon's yeah. probably only about maybe six foot. So. Yeah, Nicholas Obeykabel is about five ten. So I tell. Yeah, I know that's why too. I said he's closer to my height. <laughs> I, I, he's another one who you take the skates off of him. I feel pretty good about myself. I, I uh, definitely now, and I got to be close enough in the locker room. Now, I, one of the funny stories. I will I admit, have, I got a little bit of stink eye from pretty much every guy I was way taller than. <laughs> they all kind of give me a little bit of side eye, but. But but what one of the funny things I have is so I have a picture from years ago. So this is. I I I've, I think I've told this story before. I told this on the station specifically at one point in time when I was when I did a spot that I had done back in the year. I think I mentioned this on here before in the year of the lockout, the full season lockout. So oh four oh five. I that at the time uh, Ken Hitchcock was coaching the Flyers at the time, and he did a clinic at what at the skate zone that was near me. So. I was I did the clinic because I was still kind of like I I was in between doing a bunch of stuff to try to even remotely be an athlete like I was not very skilled <laughs> obviously but I would play I would go back and forth like I played I played foot hockey growing up a little bit then transitioned to roller hockey and then tried ice hockey for like in in a league setting for like a year and did baseball in between and things like that like I tried a couple of things but I was never great at any of them obviously that's why I sit in a, that's why I sit in the box and write well, of um, course. But I did this those clinic. Who can't write about it. Sure, <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's like that. Those that can't do teach, and those yeah, that yeah. can't teach teach gym, right? Yeah. If you know what movie I'm talking about, those who can't write about it, watch. Yes. Yeah. Host you know what, this if, podcast. Yeah. yeah if, if you know what movie I got that line from, by the way, and I, I hope I know you probably do, but man, oh, you don't even know. Oh, wow. Okay, I, I thought I was pulling one that you absolutely knew. I absolutely know it, and it's absolutely <laughs> escaping me. Help me out. 
hold on. I'm giving people a few more seconds because I know that the listeners, I hope the listeners are <laughs> deciding. Just yelling. Yes, I hope they leave are. Leave it in the comments. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, leave it in the comments. Okay. I'll give you the answer now. <sighs> School of Rock. Okay. Okay. Yes. So, yep. anyway. For some um, reason, I couldn't <laughs> get past dodgeball, and I knew it wasn't dodgeball, yeah. but I just had the mental block. Okay. Dodge, um, no, do, yeah, dodgeball was if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Right. Oh, um, there's more quotes than just There's that. way more. You got to rewatch it, baby. Come on. No, no, no. There's more than that. There's a lot more that I also can't say on our show. You know, that's fair. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so I, I have a picture from after the clinic was over. Like, it was one of the last things. So, and it's a really cool moment because, by the way, Ken Hitchcock, a recent inductee, you're going to be a, an inductee into the Hockey Hall of Fame coming up. So, yep. That's that's relevant to this also because it's a pretty cool Absolutely. story. Actually, I, what I should do is I gotta I gotta dig the picture out of wherever I have it in the house and put it on a picture frame in my office because that's okay. kind of a cool thing. But I'm I take the picture. And this has nothing to do with obviously I'm like twelve, so I'm not super tall by any stretch. But I sit there and, and I'm like the palest kid possible. Like I'm super pale and <laughs> and, and 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 super short and right handed shot. And I'm sitting here and then, and I went for it. I went. Obviously, the scouting report said future Danny Briere right here, like young Danny <laughs> Briere, right? Because I had no height. I had like I had no height. I had you know I had the same. Did you have any of the speed, the skill, or the talent? Any, not any of that? Any, okay, okay. I didn't want to assume that you didn't, but like, I, if you did, you probably wouldn't. The be only thing podcast. that I will say is that when like I remember this, this is kind of and this is kind of a funny story too, and this just tells you how much of a summer show this is that we're even telling. This is a summer. Stories. This is the. St- Summer show 2023. Here it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 2K23. Yes. Do that one. Um, <laughs> so I, I hadn't go, like, I, I didn't, I don't go skating frequently. I would like to go more often. It's not exactly a thing that my wife is a big fan of because, okay, here, here, I can give you the easiest reason why. My wife's not a big fan of it because if I say let's go skating, my wife's expectation of skating is so you're going to skate with me, right? Which which is consists of going about you know about as fast as you go in a school zone, uh-huh. um, and then what ends up happening inevitably is because I'm on skates, I'm on the ice, and I do know how to skate like decently for a guy who doesn't actually play a sport, right? For so me, I sit there and I I sit there and I always hit a moment where I sit there and I say I just want to like give me two. I'm just laps. gonna hit. I'm just gonna hit a couple laps. Real quick. I just want two <laughs> laps and I want to like go into the like. And it's legit laps. Like you're skating it like you're doing fastest skater. But I but I want two laps where I go into the corners and go past the goal line and then turn on the edges. You're, t- you're tucking a little bit. Sure. <laughs> turn on the edges, kind of glide through it, and then come back out and actually pump my feet a little bit and pick up some speed. I can get up to it, like, whatever. So, but in years prior, like, I hadn't skated in a long time between, like, I don't think I ever did over high school-ish or anything. Like, I really didn't go frequently. And I got when I was in college, it was like my sophomore year of college, I want to say. I was friends with a bunch of people who apparently did this on a regular or somewhat regular basis, I'll say. Like they went skating or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll go or whatever. And I I don't even know if I had my own pair of skates anymore at that point because I'd probably outgrown them from the last time I even had gone. So, but I didn't, I wasn't about to rent. My shoe size was roughly my dad's size. I'm like, let me just use your skates, which, which is fine. I go out there. And all of a sudden, like all the all my friends who had never seen me skate were like, "Oh wait, you can actually do." You this. like know how to skate. And I, turned, and I turned around like the thing was like I hadn't stepped on the like on on ice in a long time. Right. And like you're like wobbly for like the first lap or lap and a half, couple of going yeah. slower, and then it's like riding a bike. You know, yep. like it, it's just nice. the way that it is. And 
but it was always a funny thing. Although, of course, they, they now, granted, you're going to like a public skating session, so there's no sticks or anything like that. So, of course, you're just skating like as if like you're skating like I guess an official, if you want to call it like look look at a hockey reference. But I got I got a ton of figure skating references thrown at me that night instead. Would you like to hear what the skating experience is for me? Oh, I can't wait for this whether on wheels or blades it is about 15 minutes of me hugging the wall falling 11 times completing one lap and then sitting on a bench <laughs> that is my skating experience i get out there i wobble my way around the wall one time so i can say <laughs> i skated a lap i went skating i did the thing and then i go sit on a sit on a bench and eat a pizza yeah, we used to do a bunch of that type of stuff. We used to go and we, we did it a bunch of different ways, too. We used to go like we went to we would go to, and you know, pick a like if we could find an indoor rink somewhere we could go to. We would do that. I think one one year or one like one year it was like December or January or something like that. We went to the river rink because it was nice. something fun to do. That was it was and it was always a great time. Like we, we had we genuinely had to see the funny part is so you're telling me that's your skating experience. We did have a friend in the group whose skating experience was exactly the same. And, you know. Solidarity. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, okay. This is a summer show. Okay. Yeah. Now, do we um, do we have anything else that we real? I mean, we talked about Morgan Frost for a good solid stretch here. I guess so we should we, mention we, we don't we have to spend Mitchkov a ton a little of, bit. I was gonna say we don't have to spend a ton of time on it, but Matt yeah. Mitchkov um, has been a healthy scratch in three of the first four KHL games. And the game mm -hmm. he did play, he received what it was about seven or eight minutes of ice time. It was literally about, I think, six minutes, 51 seconds or something. No, like that. no yeah. shots on goal, nothing really significant happening. Um, I kind of alluded to this on our last show. Uh, Fedotov, I believe, has continued to play games. So just in open defiance of uh, the right. IIHF, uh, we, it's Russia. Man, like I, that's kind of the end of the story is they're going to do whatever they want. And right now they have decided that Matt Vamichkov is a bad person for wanting to be drafted into the NHL and serve out his contract. But whatever. Yes, yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Because the other key to this and I mean, I, I've listened to a bunch of different people kind of describe this or whatever. And I'm trying to like, I wish I could remember exactly where I heard this com comparison, but it was. I, I think it I think it might have been on Snow the goalie. I don't remember completely, but I heard this somewhere, and it had honestly been my thought the day before I heard this this comparison. So I I had it in my head. Picture, if you will, and this happens on occasion in professional sports in general. Picture, if you will, that your head coach is not a guy who actually has really played before. Okay, like, and that happens on occasion. Like, how, like, we've seen crazy enough things where all of a sudden the guy who is the general manager or the president of hockey operations or something like decides, you know what, I'm firing everybody and I'm going to just do the job for the rest of the year because I can do it better right now. Right. Right. Like, I know all. The general manager of the team is the head coach of the team that Mishkov's on. Roman Rottenberg is the guy's right. name. And, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on, I'm sure other, look, other places have explained this already. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this, but like th that name is very high up in Russian ranks. Let's just say it mm -hmm. that way. And he has powerful has, connections. They have very powerful connections. And, but bottom line is, and I've seen this from other outlets that f freely say it, he's not, a, he's not a coach by, you know, by no. traditional standards. And therefore 
doesn't completely he's a like, political it's, figure. But but it's not only that. It's he's not going to make necessarily make decisions that are being done for the good of the team in terms of the most talent. Well, he's right. doing he's, things. He's, he's doing things that make a statement not, of asserting his own power. And he's certainly not doing what's best for the player. In in every case, like I do, he's certainly just, not acting yeah. with that as his main like, motivation. Right now, like like let's let's just f- for for one moment here because we've talked about we've we've talked about the team that Fedotov's on before because. I just saw, believe it or not, I just saw this yesterday because he made a start yesterday. Fedotov did made a start yesterday, continuing to be continuing in defiance just of the whole open ruling, but, defiance. But but whatever. Yeah. Like we're not going to spend tons of time on that. We had talked about previously because the head coach of of the uh, Cheska Moscow team that Fedotov's on is Sergei Fedorov. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, he's got a hockey background, so we don't have to question his ability to play right. the right guys per se. Uh, but yep. no, but we have talked about something in his strategy before that is a very unique and interesting way to conduct a game, right? I, do you know where I'm going with this? He's he's the one who pulls the goalie in overtime, right? And he did yesterday, and okay. they lost. <laughs> so. There you go. I, I, I'm just. I knew I wanted to throw that out there because I saw it the other day. Because isn't what? there a penalty? Sergei? Isn't there a penalty for that? Good. Isn't isn't there uh, a penalty for that? By the way, don't well, you I lose? Th- you don't get the overtime point. Right. That's what I thought it right. was. Yeah. At so, least in the NHL, I'm not sure if that is the case with their rules. Right. But okay. But that that was. I was the just thing, say right? you do have to. Huh. No, no, no. But that but that was that was because it was a question as to why don't teams ever do that or whatever. Because the and answer is if you if lost, you would lose the point. Net. Yes. Right. Because it's an empty net goal, like, but it just made me laugh that that kind of came up or whatever. But here's the biggest problem with the Mishkov stuff right now. Okay, first of all, the situation between Fedotov and Mishkov is not directly connected. The only right. connection is they're playing in the they're KHL both, and, they're and they're both, both Russian. Flyers. Well, they're, they're both, both Flyers, right? Right. I. You know what though? You're right. Obviously, on paper, you're right. I don't even know if I would move forward considering Fedotov a Flyer the way this is going. No, that's fair. Like, but I, I did, I did want to say, I, I want to be careful with how I phrase this. Sure. I don't think it's entirely irrelevant that the Philadelphia Flyers are the organization at issue here. Russia holds grudges, man. Okay. I don't. I don't, don't think, think it's, it's irrelevant. irrelevant from from a political standpoint. No, I was correct. I was trying. No, I was trying to make sure because I was, I was yes. trying to make sure I heard. The I double think it is. I think it is relevant that, that the Philadelphia the Flyers are the team at issue. And, I and I'm not saying it's a main factor, but I think if they're gonna play games, I don't think it's a coincidence that they're currently playing games with two major Flyers prospects, or not playing and, games in the case of Mitch and my hey. and my response to that. My response to that is, you're not alone. That's my response. Right. And you know is, what it I mean? the main, is it the main factor? Is the fact right. that, it, that Ed Snyder told a bunch of Soviets to go take a hike? No. No, it's not. But is it back there in the in the Soviet consciousness somewhere? Maybe a little. Sure. It's just, I, look, I, I'm sure that – and that's – it's look, that's an easy place to go with this because, sure, it, it, there's a, a an obvious connection in the franchise's history to – that country in general so yes i get that maybe the greatest hockey game of all time anyway (laughs) the point i wanted to make about mishkov specifically because it's just it it was just like with the highlight reels from preseason games that they're exactly that they're preseason games sure let's not go crazy over a handful of preseason games and some highlights that make you know that make him look good Uh, like i i get it 
it's it was early August at the time. There's not a lot going on early to mid August, so there's not a lot going on. You're really, yeah, you're really grasping for something to get, like something to watch, something to talk about, and that's it's easy, it's low hanging fruit at that point to see. Oh, look, the guy who they just drafted seventh overall, who many people thought was top three talent. Look at him scoring a goal in a preseason game in the KHL. That's great, right? Like it is the low hanging fruit, and they've definitely got you there. You know, like they know that it like. People know that if there's a highlight to be put out there, they're going to do it because Flyers fans are going crazy over this. Totally valid. The same thing, like, again, pump the brakes with the scratches, too, for a second here, because inevitably they're going to, like, inevitably there's going to come a time where, A, a decision has to be made because they can loan him to another KHL team if they want to, or they can realize that he's talented enough to be on the team anyway. And, just and, and yeah, well, well, because it, listen, you're also testing his uh, to an, to a degree. You're testing his demeanor, his character, everything by by putting him. You know, he's on a team. And that's a very Russian thing to do. Oh, no. And he well, and and better yet, it's not just that it's a Russian thing to do. He's on a team with somebody who's again is not a traditional coach. He's co- this is a guy who's a coach who's got he's no essentially a political figure. Right. right. So if nothing else, this is a right now. This is a or, you know a, a few weeks. You know, a few weeks going on here of trying to see, assert your power and see how he handles it. And if he, and if he handles it the, with, you know, with grace and the way that you hope that he does, then maybe you start playing him because you saw how he could handle it. Or maybe you don't. And then we have a problem on our hands, you know, like, and then, then you have a reason to be more concerned, but in the early going, th- this is the way that they do things. It, 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 by the way, it's not a developmental league. If no, you're, if you're playing no. in the KHL, you're playing to win. You're now, a men's league or right, like now, a professional, you're a professional league playing to yeah. win. Now, at some point in time, again, you do have to realize he's better than most of the players on your active roster to begin with, and he should be playing. But for now, that's not the way that they're going to approach it. And you just it, the biggest problem I have with so much of what I've seen is, and I know that you know, I know that it's in the doldrums of the summer, entering you know, and we're we're entering a really and we're weird, getting there, yeah. But we're entering like especially the the beginning days when all this was happening because he 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 was scratched the first two games, then played, then was scratched again, right? Yeah. So. When the first two games he's getting scratched, you know, it's it's beginning of September. It was like Labor Day weekend, right? Like, I know you're looking for something, and I know that it's in the middle of kind of the kind of the calm before the storm, if you will, of baseball playoffs, and the NFL season was not underway completely yet. So you're waiting for that too, and like you're, and especially if you're just strictly a Flyers fan and you're looking for that to get excited about, I get it. But the idea that we're going to do this day-to-day Mishkov watch it's not gonna happen. is really – it's just going to drive people insane. Right, it's really going to be complete insanity to do that. And I especially look at it over Labor Day weekend in particular yeah. and really just think, like, there's got to be something – get a hobby or get right. something got, better to do. Right. He's signed there for the rest of the season. Yeah. He's signed there for the rest of the season and two more. Like, right. And is why there a chance he buys no. himself out? Blah blah blah. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, but why Not do you relevant. think that I talked about? Why do you think I never went there? Yep. You know, I never went there with like, like, is anything possible? Of course, anything's possible because <laughs> you know who the hell knows. But I think it's I pretty probably, likely that he buys himself out that last year. I don't know about that. I mean, he he has to do it himself, and maybe he does. I don't know, but I think that, I have a feeling he will. I think that I don't. Well, I think they're going to do everything in their power to keep him for all three, though. I think so and too. I he might have to run, <laughs> but it's worked for guys before. But, 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 but well, I hear you. You mentioned Sergei Fedorov. Hello. There's just, there's just so much like, 
there's so much grasping for anything right now. And it goes beyond Mishkov, by the way. It goes beyond Mishkov. There, let's just wait. There's still people who are tracking the Fedotov thing on a day-to-day basis. You really can stop. I think it's clear you know, by now. If you don't get the picture by now, you're never going to get the picture of what The IIHF isn't sending armed guards in there to get Ivan Fedotov out. Like, right. he's, he's there, man. <laughs> Unless he sneaks away or they just decide to send him away, right. he's there. And sure. neither one of those things is very likely. Sure. But but it's it, it's been a bunch of stuff. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day. And I even said, like, because I, I was trying uh, – what was it? I got Because the question I got asked was, are you getting pumped for the new season, like, or whatever? And I even, like, I even said, I'm trying to get there. Like, I had said last show we did, oh, I'm going to try to ramp up the content after Labor Day. And I didn't really do much this past week either because – just some busy things going on, things like that. And camp hasn't started yet. And I'm going to really have to kick it into gear this week because now yeah. like rookie camp's going to be upon us, etc. Et yeah. And I like, and I even said, I like the reason, the reason for that though, is I, I even said, I wanted to get back into the swing of writing more like during the course of last weekend and, and, and all of that type of stuff. And I really didn't have the energy. There's just, there's a lot of stuff out there right now that, is making you know I don't want to be on social media a whole lot because it's a lot of and I I, I, I even I even said it's well because it's it's everything it's like I'll throw a quick mention of this in here because you te- you even texted me about it so I'll throw a quick mention of it in here because it was did you see the thing about Carter Hart's Instagram going private on Thursday night with you know the possibility of oh it here comes that Friday news anything, drop or anything, something like right. that and nothing came of it anyway at that given moment and and the thing is is that. Again, it, it's just I, I know people I'm in that situation. I know people want answers and it's way long past due. I agree yeah. with all of those things, but you're not going to manifest it by putting out there. Look what happened. Look what happened. Look what happened. Right. It, it, they're either going to put it out or they're not. And clearly It'll right now they're not interested comes. in putting it out because they're trying. It, they actually made it pretty clear as far as I'm concerned, by the way, with this whole thing that it had to do with. There's no formal report yet done by the London Police Department. Right. And until, which, that's, until case, that's done, I think they want to get all three things anything. together and say, yep. here's the Hockey Canada report, the yep. NHL report and the London Police report. And we can connect the dots on all of them or whatever. And yep. and. It, it's not like, listen, if that, you know what, like, I'm not, who am I to judge? If that's what makes you happy, then go ahead and it's what makes you happy. I'm not spending a bunch of my hard earned energy and time. And we're know, not going to spend a ton of time on the show. You know, about that it, I could be using in a better way. Well, time that I could be using in a better way, whether it's around the house, whether it's with family and friends, whatever case may be, sure. sitting here trying to figure out the answers to these questions without having complete thousand percent certainty on things right. and, well, that, and, and, that, and that goes for two very specific areas right now that yeah. there aren't going to be a lot of answers because you have to be careful with how well, you right. and, inf- do that information and there are situations we have no control over and we won't have answers until the people who have the answers give them to us sure exactly and, and i mean i understand the frustration and i understand wanting to know and i understand Kind of to an extent, I understand how it's a bit of a like it's a slow period. There's nothing happening yet. I hope that when the rookie camp begins and there's actual but on the ice activity, but obsessing over every little micro clue isn't going to make it happen faster. It's it's just I I don't like to me it's it, to me I think that that's it's just not I don't it's not I don't agree with that as the way that I would spend my time because to me I know how I would react to it and it would drive me insane and it has driven me insane and- in different aspects so i stay the hell away from it because i don't don't want to spend all my time like that i don't even think we should spend any more time on it here i think no i agree with that let's i think 
I think we should head to our yeah. I think we should head to our. Let's finish the show with this because this is our this is our wrap point because this is exactly what I'm talking about. Get to a point where there's actually something that we can talk about that's not you know that that isn't feeling as I don't like again. I'm not trying to say it's forced. It's just. But no, we, but we they need something on the ice. Th- but we actually have something to talk about, right? We have rookies yeah. taking the ice this week for camp. We have some rookie games next weekend. Mm-hmm. We're we're working our way, right? Yeah. We're well, that's two that's weeks away from the preseason schedule, and that's that's off. just it. With the other point too, by the way, is that the reason that everybody focuses in on oh, Mishkov didn't play today or whatever it is, is because that's one like it's one of the only leagues that is playing, right? Like. You kind of need the preseason or camps to be going and some stuff to be happening elsewhere. Like I saw, I saw the other day. Speaking of rookie camp, this is a good segue for it. Um, the London Knights just played one of their first preseason games. Yeah. So, I think Oliver Bonk had an assist, and Denver Barkey had a goal, and eventually, like it's assumed, both of them they will be part of this. They are going camp. to make the main roster. Oh, this this rookie camp. Yes, yes. That they'll be part of the rookie camp and start you know, kind of be on leave from London for a little bit while they go through this process because they're Bonk's look, Bonk's going to be there for sure. Cause he signed. Right. So he'll be there. Absolutely. It's just, it, then, they'll, then they'll loan him back and that'll be the end of that. Like it is what it is, but I could still see him getting a game or two. If well, I can't, I, what, I, what I really can't wait for, especially in this first week, like this is when they play two cause they, they're doing the same thing. That, I think it's the same thing they did last year. It's two games against the Rangers rookies in Allentown. And okay. that should be really cool. Like, it's just going to be really cool to be able to see, especially what kind of group they throw out there. Because, A, I'm curious if they kind of follow the same path with the development camp that they did, right. where they still left a few guys on, you know, who kind of don't really fit the bill of rookie camp anymore. But they'll be there. Like, right. Forrester will be there, right? Like, my favorite is the fact that in, in all these rookie games, there there's usually good for a scrap or two from some rookie trying to make a name for himself. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. There's I, usually I, there's usually a big old ugly dude floating around ready to throw some blows. It's one of these defensemen that they just picked up like late in the draft this year who's right. tall and like will throw some with them, you know, or something like that. They didn't really or better yet, well, did did Daynoye go through the development camp? I thought he did, didn't he? I think he did, yeah. So maybe maybe it's him. Daynoye has been known to scrap a couple times. Yeah. So he's a scrappy guy, like it, yeah. And, and he, yeah, absolutely. And uh, so we got good news, bad news, Kevin. Which do you want first here? No, good news, bad news. I mean, I always I always prefer to start with the bad news. Bad news, then could, okay. Because then, then then you finish on the good news. Right. So the bad news is that we do have two weeks before our next show. Oh well, we, we, we are still. We are well. We are still taking one week off next week. Yeah. We'll be back in two weeks, the day before the first mainline preseason game against yep. the New Jersey Devils. We will be back in two weeks to talk about this rookie camp, talk about these rookie games, give a little preview on how camp has gone, talk about the preseason games upcoming. The talk about what news, I talk about. Talk about what I saw at training camp too, because I will be there for the first handful of days, so I'll have some in-person stuff to talk about. And the good news on the back half of that bad news is that this is our last two-week break of the summer. This is our last summer show officially. The hockey starts soon with rookie camp this week. Game's coming up. We talked about that. The next show is our official kind of start of the season. We're going to have a little bit of a preseason talk. Uh, The show after that might be a season preview, honestly. Um, maybe the week to, after, maybe two weeks. Yeah, after, I'm trying to but. think because what we're going to get to is we're going to get to a show that's right before the preseason starts, so it's early training camp, and we can kind of yeah. highlight rookie camp. We're going to then be able to do a show the week after that would be four preseason games in, I believe. So yep. you got a lot of material to work with there. 
Maybe even more with some split squad stuff going right. on. Well, there's not. They don't have any split squad on oh, the actual not? preseason schedule. Oh, okay. Um, now I I don't know I don't know the schedule yet for the actual camp and because because I will one thing I will tell I, I think you may remember this from last year yeah. a lot of um, John Tortorella's training camps involve a lot of scrimmage play. Yes. So there certainly will be opportunities for some of that in the middle yeah. of it. So there's always going to be something like that. But four preseason games is about it. I mean, like four games in a week is about as good as like the busiest week we usually have. Yeah. Right. Like, so and that's good. And then we'll the week, have, I think the week after is our season preview show. Yeah. I was about to say, so mark your calendars. If you're watching, make sure to, you know, hit the subscribe be October 8th, by the way, hit, hit the notification bell. If you're on YouTube to get notified every time an episode goes up. October 8th will be our season preview, but we will be back in two weeks on uh, September 24th uh, with our next show. And we'll have some hockey to talk about. In the meantime, follow Kevin pretty much everywhere at Kevin underscore Durso. Follow the show at YWT Podcast. Find us everywhere you find your podcast, including sportstalkphilly.com. And uh, until then, I mean, we got two weeks one last summer break, and then we're back to weekly shows, baby. All right. I'll see ya.